End of the season, which means it's prospect time. We'll talk some prospects, what's to watch for the Amherst playoffs, and all that's ahead for the young guns for the Sabres. Hadi Kalakash joins the show coming up next. You're locked on Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day and making us your first listen every day. Uh, the only, also on our YouTube channel where you can get us. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Joe DiBiase and I am joined today on the show by Hadi Kalakash. He rejoins the show, I should say. Uh, Director of North American Scouting for Dover Prospects. He's got a shiny new title. This yep. the last time he was on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Habs, of course, for Eyes on the Prize. What's up, Hottie? How you doing today? Doing good, doing good. The draft's right around the corner. Playoffs are on. The U18s are on. Lots of stuff going on. But I've got, always got some time to come on and uh, talk prospects with you. Always, uh, this guy's always watching for the U18s. How? <laughs> <laughs> where do you even watch the U18s? Uh, I've got my secrets, uh, okay. but mainly on the NHL network, that kind of thing. Sure. Upon the US games, I, I find my ways. Sure. We'll talk plenty of uh, Sabre prospects today on the show. High profile names like Matthew Savoy and Yuri Kulik, and of course, Isaac Roseanne. We've got all, guys that, how close are they to the NHL? Last time Hottie was on, he talked up Noah Osland a lot. Um, mm-hmm. The goalie situation with Devin Levi. We've, we'll get to all of the Sabre prospects uh, coming up on today's show. Um, by the way, you can follow Hottie on Twitter at Hottie, H A D I, the letter K, and then underscore scouting for all your That's prospect right. needs. So, <laughs> Let's start, though, with just kind of an overall big picture of how you see the landscape uh, for the Sabres and how they compare across the NHL. I very commonly will see them ranked super high on these prospect lists. I saw a future ranking the other day, like what will the standings look like in three years? And the Sabres mm-hmm. are eighth, you know, in mm-hmm. any ex- in an exercise like that. They they rank very high, favorably. And I it seems to usually be because people consider them to have one of the better prospect pools in the league is that uh, the sentiment that you uh, agree with definitely yeah they're i'd say they're in the top five top ten kind of conversation in terms of prospects pools in the league it's just the amount of high picks that you guys have not only kind of traded for but also retained which is really important um i feel like one big thing the sabers have been big on is um making sure that their top 64 is filled with at least three hopefully four maybe even five picks um which is really, really useful when you're trying to rebuild and create a contender um, because you've got guys in the pool like Yuri Kulik, like Noah Ostlund, um, guys like that who were selected with with picks that weren't necessarily the teams. Um, and, and you get great value out of those guys. You know, I feel like the center line, especially for, for the Sabres, is really strong in their prospect pool. Um, you know, the, the defense is kind of barren, but honestly, the, the, the forward core is so strong. And with the additions of uh, Rasmus Dalino and power in recent years, I feel like the defense is young enough that you can compensate for the lack of defense in your prospect pool, which you've already got in the NHL. I feel like the core defensively is already set up. It's just a matter of plugging in more and more players each year. And I feel like this year is a really, really good draft year um, in order to add some high-end talent, some top six talent, that kind of thing. Um but I, I feel like the Sabres would be kind of very much, they would benefit very much from adding a defenseman in this year's draft because there aren't many in the kind of top 10 range, but from 10 to 20, 
Um, I've got five-ish of them, so mm-hmm. it's it's a pretty good range for them to be picking in in order to get a good defenseman. And we'll get to some NHL draft talk, but you're right. I mean, the only guy in the pipeline at all, maybe, that could you would project as an NHLer is Ryan Johnson, and he might not even sign. Yeah. So he might not even be a part of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see, and we will get to some draft stuff. The Sabres slotted to pick 13th. How about young guys, rookie campaigns? You mentioned Owen Power and... You know, I think the consensus is in on him already that mm-hmm. he's going to be a core piece of this team for, for years sure. to come. Kevin Adams is already talking about locking him up, <laughs> which is crazy. But they signed their guys super early. So yeah. I, I guess the trend is there. How about Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka for you? They both were inconsistent, it seemed, year one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it Sabre fans, I, th- I think they did enough to have Sabre fans believing that these guys really can be top six wingers for a long time. For sure. Uh, Definitely Jack Quinn has brought a a side to his game that I wasn't really kind of high on in his draft year. I felt like his playmaking was pretty kind of bang average. He was mainly a a trigger man, a a scorer, and it was mainly Marco Rossi um, setting up his his chances for the Ottawa 67s. That's why I was utterly shocked when Quinn was picked ahead of Rossi. Um, yep. But the things that Quinn, have, Quinn has added to the, to his game in, in the recent years have really been really, really impressive. Um, his ability to kind of delay his passes, to hit seams, um, just the compete level as well as come two, three steps ahead. I feel like he's really upped his game since he's kind of started his rookie year. And you've even saw some, even saw some progress throughout this year. So that just speaks to the level of kind of uh, adaptability that Quinn's able, uh, capable of. And yeah, he's been really, really impressive. I think that he's for sure a top six winger in the future. Paterka, I see more as a middle six type of guy, the kind of guy who's going to oscillate between being a complement on a second line or being the main guy on a third line, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly the, the defensive elements of this game have always been kind of uh, solid or above average. Um, but he's brought his offensive game up a couple steps. I still think that on a second line, he's probably kind of the the, the complementary piece rather than the central kind of element. Um, but on the third line, he's definitely the main guy, you know, uh, stringing together plays, making plays defensively, you know, dominating transitions, that kind of thing. Sure. And, and that's totally right. That's how I see Paterka as well. And mm-hmm. he he might figure for a long time to play with that Dylan Cousins, Jack Quinn line, which is what the line was all year. And mm-hmm. to me, that's exactly how he his what his role is on that team. Cousins yeah. drives a lot of play. Quinn is a trigger man, but of course did more so carrying possession as well but you're right like Paterka like sometimes he'll take it coast to coast but he doesn't really need to it feels like on that line no for sure exactly how about uh guys that are on their way as we kind of transition to players that are in the system um (laughs) who's the closest to you I it's funny they were the youngest team in hockey this year by a wide margin Yep. They're probably going to be younger next year. Like even yep. honestly, you just take out Craig Anderson, plug in Devin Levi. I mean, right there, that's like a, that's a 20 year difference almost between yeah. the two. So no, absolutely. the average goes down just with that. But I, Adams talked about Yuri Kulik and Matthew Savoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess how realistic is it for you that one, both, or maybe even somebody else from the pipeline is ready to step in to the lineup next year in Buffalo? The way I see it, Yuri Kulik is going to be in the NHL next year. He's proven that he's capable of managing the pro level really well. Um, I feel like for him, the difference between the Czech League and the AHL wasn't as big as it would be for other prospects. Um, he's transitioned seamlessly. His defensive game has always been, you know, I, I was saying this back in his draft year. He was a top two, top three defensive player in his draft year. 
Um, so the defensive side of his game was already kind of at a, at a level where he would be able to transition to, um, you know, playing any type of role on a, on a pro team. Um, because if if his offense isn't clicking, he can fall back on that defensive game and still be an impactful player, which is something that a lot of coaches look for, right? Like a lot of coaches will be like, you know, if you're not scoring, what are you giving me? And Kulik gives you a lot when he's not scoring. Um, but even better than that is just his ability to put to rack up points, to find the back of the net. He had a tremendous World Juniors. You know, I feel like he he's definitely going to get a shot, and I feel like he's good enough that he will be able to stick and and prove to his coaches that you know I belong in the NHL, um, mm. which is saying something given that he was picked in the late twenties. You know he he wasn't you know a top ten pick, the type of guy that you'd expect to be there in the draft plus one, um, but he's definitely going to be able to make it. Uh, so that that's one guy I feel. I feel like Savoy still needs some AHL time just to iron out some some deficiencies in this game. Um, one thing I mentioned in our last podcast was that as soon as there's two guys pressuring him, he kind of panics and, and mm. doesn't know really what to do with the puck. Um, a lot of his plays are kind of precipitated, throws pucks on the net when, when there's pressure on him, that kind of thing. So just, you know, upping the pressure two, three levels going from the WHL to the AHL. Um, would kind of be a good transition for him rather than just going straight to the NHL from the dub where the the pressure, the, the defensive pressure you're faces maybe 10, 15 times higher, right? You know, there's yeah. it's so suffocating playing against NHL defenders and you have such little space that I'd, I'd rather see Savoy get some time, uh, but his skill set's undeniable. I mean, he's got a wicked shot. He's got great playmaking. Um, when he's got open ice, he, he manages it really well. So, I feel like he's also a guy who could get a shot. He's definitely gonna gonna kind of uh, work through the, uh, the the preseason and and try to you know kind of carve out a role for himself. But I feel like the best decision to make sure that Savoy hits the way he should uh, is to play him in the NHL at least a year uh, in the AHL at least a year, maybe two. Yeah, and he right he could be one of those guys that gets that nine game look uh, yeah. at the beginning of the year, but we'll see what ends up look happen for uh, for Matthew Savoy. Other mm-hmm. prospects to get to Noah Oslin, Isaac Roseanne, um, and we'll get to the goaltending situation as well as what's coming up in the NHL draft. All ahead with Hadi Kalakash from uh, Dober Prospects and Eyes on the Prize covering the Montreal Canadiens. So a lot ahead here on the Lockdown Sabers podcast. And before we do any more of that, we do want to remind you that we are presented by Game Time. You don't have any more Saber games to go to, but you know the playoff games just a short drive away. Toronto is only a quick ninety-minute drive up the QEW, and you could get those tickets with the Game Time app, as well as, of course, we've got baseball. Uh, they've got baseball available to you. NBA playoffs. You could drive down to Cleveland. There's concerts here in the Buffalo area going on all the time downtown, and the weather's getting nice, so it's a great time to go out and experience some nice concerts, comedy shows, and whatnot. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals and tickets right up to the day of the event and you get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time, will actually credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. My favorite, feature actually is when you're scrolling through the app and you're looking for where you want to sit you don't even have to click on it to find this little view they'll actually show you the view from your seat as you're looking through it so whether or not you want to see how high up you are or the angle how steep the arena might be it's all right there it just exactly what you're going to be looking at uh when you're in your seat snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time at 
app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL. You get a 25, 20, excuse me, $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Lockdown Savers podcast. And my guest today, Hadi Kalakash from Dover Prospects, director of North American Scouting. Uh, and we're talking Saber prospects here. And we'll get to some NHL draft stuff, a, uh, an early preview of the draft a little bit later on on today's show. So we talked about Yuri Kulic. We talked about Matthew Savoy. How about some of the other Saber prospects? Um, you were... You've been higher on Noah Osland, I feel like, than anyone I've heard. Yeah. Not to say I really hear anyone that's down on Osland, but you said the last time you were on that I think you may call them the number one guy among that trio, Kulich yep. and Savoy from last year's draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Savoy turned it on at the end of the WHL season. We talked about him. Kulich set historic records. Yep. Do you still feel that strongly about Osland and, and his trajectory uh, eventually being a, an impact on each other? In short, yes. Um, but to add some nuance, um, there are some pathways to the NHL that I think are there are some pathways for, for Olsen, which I think will not lead to his ceiling. I feel like at his best, Oslin will be the best of the three. But um, there are a lot of limiting factors that could prevent him from reaching that level. First and foremost, your gardens right now stuck in the Swedish second division. Uh, yes, he's driving the bus on that team. But the level of competition is nowhere near what he's going to be facing in North America, right? So I feel like the, the sooner they get him overseas and the sooner they get him in the system itself, the better it's going to be for Osland in order for him to adapt the right way to um, to, to the style of play he's going to be facing more regularly. It's not to say that the the Alsvenskan, the second division in, in Sweden, is anything to crap on. I mean, they're a really, really good division, a really good league. Um, you know, he's facing men right now, and he's holding the, his own. Um, he had a decent playoffs as well. Uh, the thing... The thing with Usland is a lot of his game is going to go through his brain. He's a very, very heady player. Um, yes, he's got that sh- kind of shiftiness and elusiveness that I like to see in, 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 in kind of forwards who are, you know, average or smaller size. But uh, the main thing with him is just how well he thinks the game. He sees the game three, four steps in advance. And I don't think that's going anywhere as he climbs the ranks. It's just a matter of making sure that his shiftiness, his elusiveness, his puck skills can keep up uh, with that that high-end brain that he has. Um, so yeah, for me, Osland still remains kind of the guy I'm, I'm most high on in the Sabre system. And you know, I'm that's saying something given how high I'm on Kulik. I think that Kulik in, in the future is an almost definite top six winger. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the skill set that he brings is tremendous. I just think that Usland has that added elusiveness and that added hockey sense, which for me, you know, the main thing I look at with prospects is smarts. If you've got the smarts, you can work around a lot of your, your lackings. And Usland's big lacking for me right now is a shot. It's not anywhere near NHL level. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of elements of his game that remind me a bit of a Nicholas Backstrom where he's just thinking the game three steps in advance. He's able to set up players effortlessly and he's got really, really soft hands. So that, that I really like about him, just a combination of skill, elusiveness and smarts. Mm-hmm. It's so rare to find in prospects. How, what do you think for him? He, he would be a guy that would benefit from, I mean, at least one year in the AHL No, Definitely hundred yeah. uh, percent. You know, as good as the Swedish second division is, um, I think at least, you know, if, if he were to spend next year in the SHL uh, or yeah. maybe the next two years in the SHL, maybe we talk about jumping him straight into the NHL after that if he if he performs well. But 
Um, if yeah. he, if we're talking about bringing him to North America next season, it's definitely going to be a year in the AHL. And then how about Isaac Roseanne, who's been playing well in Rochester this year? I was actually a little surprised by that because he got no minutes in Sweden last year. Yep. And I mean, he is he's he's listed at less than 170 pounds. Like mm-hmm. you even see it on the ice. He is small yep. out there, but he moves well. Um, so I've been impressed in the few times I was able to see Amherst hockey this year. And I'm mm-hmm. driving down on Sunday to see him uh, in the playoffs. So I, I'm excited to get a look at him as well. Especially since, like, he's not really. I mean, he doesn't have some of the the headlines that that Kulik does, or even Savoy um, mm-hmm. down in the WHL. He kind of flies under the radar. I feel like, but does yeah. that that doesn't. I guess for you, what on what trajectory is he on? Like, is his development on the right path? And even though you know guys that were drafted after him might be, yeah, especially Kulik, just maybe climbing above him a little bit. Yeah. So. so- uh, Isaac Rosian for me is there was one big thing in his game is that before when he when he was drafted I saw him mainly as a kind of pure scorer he scored you know his a decent amount of goals and was involved uh, in a lot of kind of finishing plays rather than kind of creating them building up play setting it up um, he's adapted and changed his game a lot since he's got to the HL um, which I, I like because it shows adaptability. And, and kind of versatility. He's not a one-trick pony. And that was my big concern with him is that, you know, if he's not scoring, what is he doing? And you saw it with him. I mean, especially at the World Juniors. He was so impressive for me at the World Juniors. Um, getting involved defensively, playmaking, transition play. Um, he's one of the most uh, fast and, and kind of uh, dominant in terms of his processing speed players in this, in this tournament. Um, so it was really, really interesting to see him at the World Juniors and see what he's capable of against his age group because he's a notch above the rest when he's playing against his age group. And even this year, for a guy this frail to be putting up the you know 37 points in 66 games in the AHL, that's really, really impressive. It just adds to the fact that you know he's definitely going to add some weight. He's not the type of guy who's going to stay frail. He's got a pretty average frame. He's a bit lanky. Um, you know, he, he he seems small on the ice because of his posture. He's He's got a really kind of low to the ice posture. But if he keeps that while adding weight, it's going to be super tough to, to deal with on, on defense because he's going to get under your hands. He's going to push you off. He's going to uh, lower his center of gravity to kind of turn tighter and, and, and be quicker. Um, I'm excited to see what Rosan can do with, with a couple, you know, at least 10, 20 more pounds of weight added on his frame. That's going to be really interesting to see. And then how about before we get to the goaltending to kind of open-ended anyone else in the Sabres prospect pool that, uh, is not one of these former first round picks that jumps off the page to you, whether it's, I mean, Lucas Rusek's a little bit older at this point. I think he's 23. Olivia yeah. Nadeau, I know put up huge points in the queue, which I know you follow closely. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, I, I've seen the numbers pop off the page with guys like Jake Richard. Uh, so I guess just open-ended. Like, is there anyone further down in the Sabres prospect pool that stands out to you? Yeah, so um, Olivier Nadeau was a close second uh, for me. I was really impressed with what I saw from him in Gatineau. I started following that team a lot uh, after uh, the trade deadline. And he's always stood out as the type of guy who's going to find open space, going to shoot the puck. He's going to work really, really hard off the puck as well. He's one of the kind of... Um, elements of Gatsno that makes them so dominant rather than just kind of coasting on other teams, uh, on other, uh, on, on some of his teammates' point totals. Uh, he's been really kind of driving the bus for them. But the main guy for me that's really stood out is uh, Viktor Noichev. Um, he's been playing in the KHL this whole year, which is a feat in and of itself for a draft plus one player. Uh, 12 points in 57 games, which is pretty impressive as well. I feel like he's going to continue building up his game and working on um, improving his ability to play quickly. Uh, but when you watch him play, he's just he's got one of the best shots um, 
you know, from last year's draft. He was up there for me already. Uh, just the accuracy, the velocity, uh, and just the deceptiveness of his release as well. I think he's going to have no problem scoring in the pros uh, as he as he moves forward. Um, but he's also added some playmaking elements as well. He's he's diversified his game a bit like Isaac Rossian, but kind of the opposite factor. Um, Really kind of getting better at finding seams, at hanging on to the pugs. just a second longer to um, throw the opponents off and, and open up some lanes, that kind of thing. Uh, his progression has been pretty interesting, but he's always, for me, he's, he's going to be that type of guy who's going to kind of play on the half wall and score some goals, a bit like uh, like Victor Olofsson. Yeah, there were we heard about uh, Noichev and uh, Nikita Novikov. I believe both players' KHL contracts mm-hmm. were expiring this month. So we've heard that, you know, they might be trying to bring them over on entry level deals to Rochester. So we'll see because, yeah. you know, if they can get more minutes in Rochester, I think that's what the Sabres would like to have happen. But mm-hmm. um, I guess we'll see where that ends up going with uh, with those two and Noichev, who was always a fun pick. Yeah. Just, even just remembering his highlights. Like I knew nothing about him as the like third round prospect. Like, okay, what do we have here? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Look at the YouTube clips. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's ridiculous. His yeah. shots insane. I, I can't wait to see that in the, in, in North America. It's going to be really exciting to see. Yeah. All right. Quick time out. And then we come back uh, the wrap on the goaltending and the, uh, the draft it, itself. Uh, Sabres could move up 10 spots. It's not likely. So we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about what they're end up going to have at 13, but they could move up to three. So we'll get to those before we run out of time here on the lockdown Sabres podcast. Uh, we're joined by hottie Kalakesh on today's show uh, to talk some prospects. We, we are presented by eBay Motors for a championship team. It's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit, and it is the same when it comes to your vehicle. Uh, every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage on their app and look for the green check to know what part will fit for you or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in time. You'll you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, final segment here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Who are you rooting for in the playoffs, by the way? I know neither of our teams <laughs> made it, but. Uh, um, I think the Bruins are going to. I don't like the Bruins for obvious reasons, Haps fan, but. Um, I was going to say we're rooting for the Bruins. We're not rooting for the Bruins, right? I, I mean, we can think I'm not, of a win. I'm not rooting for them. I just think they're really going to win. Um, but yeah. for me, you know, I, I like an underdog story, so um, I've always got kind of a soft spot for the Maple Leafs. So. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> It's I no I do get that a little bit and like not gonna lie I would love to see a Toronto Boston series. Oh goodness! It's just so funny that they can't win a first round. Like it's I so do, hilarious. I do kind of want to root for chaos and like Toronto <laughs> just plunge into the abyss of is Austin Matthews gonna leave for two months? Um, yeah. yeah. So all right, let's back to the Sabers in terms of the goalie prospects. We've not brought those mm-hmm. up yet. Uh, they're kind of here now, right? Like Devin Levi. It was only six games, but he blew Sabre fans away. He really almost carried them into the playoffs. Um, It came close. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, fans around here and media alike, myself, like we're all talking about like, could this guy be, it sounds crazy to just anoint him as he's the clear cut number one, but Mm a 1A, 1B situation with a veteran, like, Mm -hmm. or like they have a tough decision, Hadi. So I'll pose it to you this way. The tough decision is Ukapekalukin was a nice prospect too, way more inconsistent. 
but he can't go to the AHL anymore. Like he's now waivers eligible. So they have to decide mm-hmm. if Levi is going to be here, which sounds like he's going to, do you go with two young goalies like that in a season where you got to make the playoffs mm-hmm. or do you move on from Lucan in and go with Levi? I guess what, what to you is the right, the right uh, outcome for the Sabres with this, this young goalie group. I feel like a trade is pretty much inevitable. Um, I, yeah, I think that too. either Ukapeka Lukanen or Tapias Linen will kind of leave the system because that's too many young goalies that are, you know, kind of high end enough in order to to perhaps one day become kind of starters. And obviously, uh, a, a, a starter fight having two guys that are good enough to be starters is always good. Um, I don't think there's any harm in that. But like you said, two young goalies in a year that's kind of a, a make or break for the for the management team. I think that they're going to kind of go all in and trade for a goaltender that's going to um, be more of a veteran presence, be more of a mentor for a guy like Devin Levi. Um, yeah. You know, if there's if there's any chance that they can get UC Soros in, in, in Buffalo in order to kind of be the guy to guide and mentor Devin Levi towards the future starting role, that would be insane because I don't think there's a better mentor for, for Levi than, than Soros. Yeah. Um, as an undersized goalie, you know, I've, I've always said this, but so many teams just do, do not or kind of just refuse to draft uh, undersized goaltenders. Anyone under 6'2 for them is an untouchable. Devin Levi has perfectly adapted to his lack of size. And you saw it in his game. The footwork is insane. The the, the puck tracking is insane. The, the His ability to just stay with any play, his, his athleticism, his side-to-side movement. He's not overcommitting. He's not undercommitting. Um, just perfectly tailored his game to his lack of size, and he's made it work so, so well. So for me, you know, you've, you've got a guy in Devin Levi who's got a, a really, really bright future, a guy who could be a starter down the line. Um, mm. I'm still absolutely astounded he slipped to the seventh round. I mean, <laughs> that that just speaks to, to, the, to the reticence of teams when it comes to smaller goaltenders, and I've never understood that because it's a competitive advantage. Um, it's something yeah. you have to build adaptive sp- skills around. You know, big goalies can get away with a lot more than small goalies. So when a small goalie is succeeding, he's doing something right. Um, and throughout his stint with Northeastern, Devin Levi was just, he, he was so often Northeastern's best player. And I'm talking even back when they had that stacked defense with Jordan Harris, with Jaden Struble. Um, he was still driving their bus. And, and still this year, uh, before he signed for the Sabres, it was still so evident that he was their best player. Um, for me, it's just a matter of, you know, who's got the more upside. And for me, it's, it's by far Devin Levi. I think that Ukopeka Lukanen has a future as a starter, but the upside with Levi is just so sky high. I'm so interested to see where he goes. Yeah. So quickly on that, just to follow up, because mm-hmm. we can get lost in the hype. Like Levi, yeah. how good he was in six games and like the Jedi, you know, stuff that he was doing like during TV timeouts where he's like meditating between games. Like people already fell in love with him. So to you, it doesn't sound crazy that like he could play half the games next year for the Sabres. Oh, not at all. I I feel like before the end of the season, he's established himself as a starter, as the yeah. starter, no matter who's who's kind of ahead of him in the in the pipeline. I think that you've really got a gem and Levi. I had my reservations because you know it's such a huge leap, and I've I've. I've kind of been traumatized by Caden Primo, uh, who who's a goalie in the half <laughs> yeah. system who also played for Northeastern, put up very similar numbers to Levi, and right now he's struggling a lot to even make the NHL. So I kind of had my reservations because it's such a huge leap, but in in this short stint in the NHL, he's shown that he's not 
inconsistent at all. He's very capable of putting in the same exact effort, the same exact results on a day on a nightly basis. Mm-hmm. And just generally keep up with the NHL mentally because it's such a demanding game. It's just a demanding league mentally to spend 60 minutes on the ice with with play happening that quickly around you. It takes a really solid mindset in order to to be able to stick as a starter in the NHL as a netminder. And Levi's got that for sure. And then finally, Hadi, before we let you go here, how about an early preview of the draft and kind of where the Sabres are slotted? But before actually about 13, uh, the lottery will happen on May 8th. And there, you know, it's a very low percentage chance. It's uh, what is it? It's 2%, 2% chance. And they can't get up to number one. They could only move a max of 10 spots, which would be the third pick. Mm -hmm. So if a miracle struck and they did win and move up 10 spots, I guess how significant... Would that how how valuable is that third pick in this draft? Oh, absolutely. I think there's a huge steep drop off after pick five. Um, I mean, not massive. I still think that up until pick eleven, you're still getting kind of a either a top pair defenseman a potential type guy or a, a top six forward that kind of thing. Um, but after eleven, it's it's that's when it starts getting kind of you know we'll kind of pick what we can get. So the difference between thirteen and three in this draft is massive. Is the difference between a Matvey Michkov or a Leo Carlson or a Zach Benson, and you know a guy like Gavin Brindley or uh, Luca Cagnoni or you know um, Dalibor Dvorsky, one of those guys who are risky but also have upside. I think that would be a good pick for the Sabres, especially a guy like Gavin Brindley. He's an undersized winger, but he's a guy who's, he reminds me a lot of Kulik and a lot of, uh, in a lot of elements, but kind of just a playmaking version of him and a smaller version of him where tremendous defensively, he's going to cover for your defenseman a lot. He's going to cover a lot of the mistakes that your defensemen make, but at the same time, he's able to contribute offensively. Whereas a third overall, if you get Matt Vemichkov, you're laughing. I know he's three years away from making the NHL. I don't care. You wait that long. He's that skilled. So it's a huge difference for me. And there's no, uh, are there any right shot defensemen in this draft? Do they just not exist anymore? Where yeah, are they all do. the right shot defensemen? <laughs> they do. Uh, David Reinbacher, I he's gonna go top 10, maybe even top eight, um, okay. for sure. I don't think he's worth that. He's 20th on my board. He's a weird guy. He, he's, I have a lot of trouble not seeing him make a second pair in the NHL, but also have a lot of trouble seeing him become anything more than that. He's, Kind of just okay. a surefire kind of second pair guy, which it depends on how much you value that. But yeah, I've got him in, in like my late teens, early 20s. Uh, but the guy I'm looking at, if I'm the Sabres and I'm looking for a right shot defenseman, is Axel Sandin Pelica for sure. Um, the highest upside defenseman in this draft. Um, mm-hmm. He's he, he's one of those kind of John Klingberg types. Uh, really smart, really really offensively skilled. Never misses a, a breakout pass. Really good in transition play. Um you know, he does have his defensive limitations, but it's not as overblown as people seem to, to kind of think. I've seen him outside of the 20s. I, I don't understand it. For me, he's he's second behind Dmitry Simashev, but Simashev is a left-handed defenseman. But 6'4", about the same offensive upside, that kind of thing. But for me, if I'm looking for a, a right-shot defenseman, it's definitely Axel sending Pelica. All of Montreal going to be on edge on May 8th, I'm assuming, with that 8.5%. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. let's, let's hope for something good, but I, I feel like the Habs are just going to end up where they're supposed to be at 5th overall, and yeah, they'll pick David Reinbacher, and I'll be disappointed, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but I will definitely be rooting for him to not be in the Sabres division. So, you know, <laughs> I don't want him going to Arizona and playing in front of 5,000 people, but maybe like San Jose or something. Let's just oh, get, yeah. get him out of my out of our way. <laughs> 
For sure. All right. Uh, at hottie K underscore scouting. If you follow, want to follow him on Twitter, check out his stuff. Great stuff at Dober prospects. Uh, and he's got his own YouTube channel. You can find all that on his Twitter as well. So hottie, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll try to get you on before the, uh, before the draft again in, uh, yeah. in a couple months. So for sure. Let's talk prospects. Always excited to do that. Awesome. Thanks, man. No problem. All right. And this has been the lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk more about the Amherst playoffs coming up next, but we've got our exit interviews uh, series beginning coming up next. So we'll get through some of the forwards, Tage Thompson uh, and whatnot. So come back tomorrow for locked on Sabres, Jody Biasi. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.